0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Peckville Assembly of God podcast. We're so glad you're here. Now, welcome Pastor Terry Drost with today's message. I want to ask you to turn me to the book of uh, 2 Corinthians. Someone said, what precautionary measures are you taking here at the church? Well, we're cleaning everything more than ever, and uh, uh, we're going to forego the greeting, and I don't know about you, it's hard for me if somebody sticks out their hand to shake your hand, not to shake a hand. But how many know there's a lot of ways you can greet people? Uh, the, the Bible says greet them with a holy kiss. I want to advise that if you're sick, okay? <laughs> like we'll, we'll just chalk it up to a cultural statement, okay? If you're in places of the world, Europe, they greet people with, you know, a kiss on each cheek. Italy, um, probably not a good idea these days, okay? Uh, <laughs> Uh, But, you know, use wisdom, okay? It's not that complicated. And uh, so we're going to forego the greeting for a little while. You can always do the elbow bump. How many know what the elbow bump is? All right, I did that this morning. One of our security put his big old bear claw out there, and I said, how about an elbow bump? Or you could do one of these, hey, you look good. (laughs) I love you from a distance. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Let me just go ahead and say this. If you're sick today and you need prayer, I'll lay hands on you and you will recover because the word of God says it. Amen? Can you say praise God? Amen. So it's not, you know, it's not crazy. It's nothing weird. Faith is what we need, not fear. There's too much fear. I've never seen so much fear. Have you ever, can we just talk for a minute? Have you ever seen so much fear in all your life? I mean, look, most of us, except some of the younger folks here, lived through 9-11. And I mean, that was the worst thing, bar none, that ever happened in my lifetime, I wasn't around during Pearl Harbor, but they said that Pearl Harbor, December 7th, 1941, was very similar. You know, uh, and so the country was on a high alert, and you know, it was it was there's a lot of concern and fear, but my God, I I don't think I think this far surpassed 9-11. At least with every and listen, I just want to say I'm all for taking precautionary measures. Okay? I, I think it's it's smart. Uh, you know, most of the cases. But the church, the church is having church. I said the church is going to be the church. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And so, you know, nothing against, actually I saw uh, President Trump, I don't know if you saw his tweet, he said, I'll be watching uh, Jensen Franklin, Free Chapel. Uh, Last night he tweeted, late uh, Free Chapel, Jensen Franklin, who's a Pentecostal amongst Pentecostals. As one of the largest churches in the country. And uh, he said, I'll be watching and tuned into Brother Jensen's service. Can somebody say praise God? God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, don't get me started on all that. You, Jesus. (laughs) Maybe a little later I'll get into it, okay? But I want to say to you, we're in a series called The Harvest. Reach about reaching people for Jesus. And uh, this is part four of that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18. Let's look at the word of God this morning. The great apostle Paul writing, he said, And all of this is a gift from God. A gift from God. How many know every day is a gift from God? Every single day that you get to live, that you get to breathe, that you get to wake up and see a, a beautiful sunrise like we saw the last couple of days... It's a gift from God. You put your feet on the floor, it's a gift from God. Trust me, the hospitals are filled with people who love to trade places with any one of us here this morning sitting in these purple seats. So it's a perspective we gotta think about. We need to be appreciative. We need to be grateful. And I would say to some of us here, shut the TV off today and give yourself the gift of the day. And if you have to watch TV, watch something happy, okay? Because, you know, whatever comes in is gonna go out. (laughs) Amen? Sing some happy songs. You know, I got to dance with my grandkids this week. It was awesome. We had a great time. It was one of the best decisions I've made it was just to just let your hair down and relax. Everybody take a deep breath. Oh, wait, put your mask on first. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, <laughs> God, Jesus, like, what in the world is going on here? <laughs> you see what I mean? It's such a such an uh, overwhelming, uh, you know, theme of fear it's, it's like you can't even and as the church come on the church of god we ought to be celebrating the the gift of the day uh, uh Bob and and Liz Leslie they're celebrating 65 years of marriage can you give them a big my <laughs> god Bob Bob, how in the world has she ever put up with you this long? No, I'm just kidding. kidding. What is it? Okay. We won't go there. Okay. Anyway, God bless you. We see, we celebrate, though, right? Amen. And so, uh, who brought us? It's a gift from God, Paul says, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task, everybody say, task of reconciling people to him. For God. Was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Aren't you thankful for that right there? And yet he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we, verse 20, are Christ's ambassadors. How many grew up in the AG and you were part of the CAs back in the day? Any CA? Oh, there you are. You know, they had that funny song, We Are Christ's Ambassadors. Never mind, I won't sing it now. Okay, We Are Christ's Ambassadors. God is making his what? Appeal. Everybody say appeal. Yeah, through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's the message. Come back to God. Reconciliation. We reconcile back to God, like the prodigal son, amen? And so that's, what, that's our assignment. Then if you look at Romans 1.16, I think they're going to put on the screen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel in the NLT, the good news. What does gospel mean? It simply means two words, good news. How many know we can stand in those of good news? Amen. In a world full of bad news? Or should I say fake news? Okay, don't let, me, let me get into that now. Good news. I'm not ashamed, Paul said, of the good news about Christ. It is the power, say power. Power. Say it now like you guys was weak and pathetic. Say power. power. There you are, the power of God at work. Saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also... The Gentile, we get that from Acts chapter 10 of Cornelius. Peter had the vision of the sheep coming down at Joppa on the roof of uh, Simon the tanner. I wish I had time to get in all this. It's an actual place, you can go there next time we go to Israel. And yes, we will be going back to Israel too. Amen, because we love Israel here, we bless Israel. And Peter had a vision. And up until that time when Paul said the Jew first, it was because specifically it was for the Jew, until this great spread of Christianity, Acts chapter 10. Don't turn there, but you can read about it later in your devotional time. Peter had the vision on the rooftop, and the vision was a sheet coming down with all kinds of split-hoofed animals and all that stuff, where God was saying, now the spread of Christianity begins. He went to the house of Cornelius, who was a high-ranking officer in the Roman government, I don't have time to get into it, but these are actual places. And if you go to Israel, you'll see that it really, really backs up the word of God again and again. Amen? So we're talking about the harvest today. Here's the first point, if you're taking notes. All of us are called to work with the Holy Spirit and lead others to Jesus. All are called to work with the Holy Spirit and lead others to Jesus. You might want to write that down. That's you, that's me, that's everybody. Amen? So one day, Matthew 4.19 is the text of this service this morning. One day, Jesus was walking down the shore of the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. It's a beautiful place. It's the shores. And how many of you have ever been on the shores of Galilee? So I know who we're talking. Yeah, there you are. So many of us here. And so one day, Jesus was walking, and there was guys fishing there. One of them happened to be Peter. And in Matthew 4.19, we get the text where Jesus says, hey, Guys, I see you're fishing. How many of you like to fish? How many of you don't like to fish? How many of you like to eat fish? Okay, all right. I know I went to Red Lobster the other night. My gosh, it was like a light out the door, you know. All the people had this little funny thing on their forehead. I wasn't sure what that was about. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, anyway. So Jesus said to the disciples, Peter, he said, hey, guys, follow me, and I will make you fishers. Of men Jesus always used visuals in his teaching very very smart because my wife was preparing all week long for her message yesterday and she was like stressing out about it did you ever get nervous when you had to make a public presentation anybody ever had that feeling I mean I I still get it but it's not as bad but I said to her I said honey let me encourage you with some actual factual news you ready people forget 95% of what they've heard within 24 hours. (laughs) So give yourself a break, okay? Isn't that encouraging if you're a teacher? Any teachers here? I mean, it's like, I told you this, you guys. This was going to be on the exam. I didn't hear you, you know. (laughs) Why? Because we forget. But what we hear, what we see, what we say, oh, there's a whole sermon in itself. And visual objects we never forget. Isn't that interesting? So Jesus was using the object of fishing to say, follow me, fishermen, and I will make you fishers of men. He did it. Think about it. He did it. He said, look into the grass in the fields. He pointed at the grass. Look into the birds in the air. They don't worry about tomorrow. I tell you that worrying cannot add even one single day to your life. Amen? Not one day. So, Jesus took bread. He said, this is my body. That's an object lesson. That's what it is. It was an object. He was saying, this is my body, which is given for you in the upper room. This cup represents the new covenant in my blood between God and you. Amen? So in fishermen, fishermen, let's talk about fishing. And I just want to give you uh, my second point here real quick. Sometimes when you're fishing for men and you're fishing for souls, you're evangelizing. We're talking about the harvest. Uh, Sometimes you've got to use different types of bait for different types of fish. How many of you knew that? Okay, only a couple people knew that. So let's talk about it. Um, Have you ever been on a fishing trip? How many of you remember when you caught your first fish? Remember where you were? Where were you? Long Beach Island. What kind of fish did you catch? Bluefish. What, you see that? Memory. Awesome. Laura? Charter. Off the coast of Jersey, I bet. Right? The Jersey Shore. Sal? Okay. Okay. Between Long Island and... What? Flounder. Flounder fish. And so... Uh, my brother used to say, stop floundering around, you're giving me a haddock. I <laughs> know, oh, it's an old one, but it still works. Anyway, and sometimes he'd put a flounder on his head, which is really funny. You'd have to know my brother. He's like a comedian. I think he missed his calling. But, you know, I've been on, my first fish I caught in the great state of Maine. And, uh, I was only a little boy, and I caught this little six-inch brook trout, and it just was so amazing to me. So I remember catching my first fish. And then, uh, my dad, I'm just going to fast forward real quick. I have a lot of, fi- you know, I'm not a great fisherman, but I, I enjoy getting out. It's actually like therapy. I mean, oh, it's nice to shut the phone off once in a while, get out there and actually in God's green earth and enjoy the rushing water over the rocks and the sound of, the, of you know, the right? The cool wind blowing through what's left of your hair or whatever. And... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, my, my dad, in 2005, 2006, something like that, dad said, hey, I want to take you guys, just the guys, on a fishing trip to Alaska. It was a trip of a lifetime. Can I show you a picture? Look at some of the fish we caught on that trip. Dad caught the biggest fish. You know how much that fish weighed on the end, all the way far left, the last one? And that's him with that blue hat on. 44 pounds. What a trip of a lifetime. I will never forget it because how many know life is all about the moments? That's why when you have funerals, they show pictures. Because a whole bunch of life we just go through and we don't remember, but we remember those special times. So we're talking about fishing and being fishers of men today. But that, that type of fish, like we went on a, on a boat with just one man, and he took us 22 miles out. And this glacier water, which is some of the purest water in the world, it's like a gunmetal gray color, and we were 22 miles out there, and man, I'm telling you, we were nailing them. They had like a wader that was like, I don't know if it was four or five pounds, it was like a big lead brick. And they put like this big nasty piece of squid on there and the seagulls are all around you. Are you getting the picture? Are you smelling the salt water and all that? And so they drop it over the side of the boat. Of course, the reel and that is hooked on the boat, the rod, because it's massive. And it goes way down there until it hits the ocean floor. This is the way they fish for, uh, for flounder there, for that kind of halibut, right? Am I saying it right, Dad, halibut? Okay, halibut. Kyle knows. He lived in Alaska for two years. Fishing is not only something they do for enjoyment, it's actually a way you survive. Can I say to you that the church must fish for men or they will die too. We'll never survive. The way you check the life flow of your ministry is not of the same people coming all the time. That's really good and that's important. But it's actually who's come through the door lately. Some of us get so inward focused that we need to have messages like this so we can think about the harvest, the people who are dying without Jesus every day. And so... We were fishing with this special kind of weight, special kind of bait, and when it would hit the ocean floor, you would just kind of jig it up a little bit, just like click, 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 click. So it's up maybe about a foot or two off the ocean floor and just dangle it there. And all of a sudden, man, I'm telling you, they just, we hit a whole school of them. And they, at one point, all four of us men had these ginormous fish, like you saw, seeing that picture on our end of our, <laughs> oh, can you imagine And finally, the guy was getting so tired because we were just, we got our limit in less than an hour. He said, Hold on, hold on, after this one, because you know, it's a job. You got to reel them in, you got to harpoon them because they're big, big fish. You know, how many know if you go fishing, you want to catch a big fish? Are you getting the obvious parallel here? And so they have to harpoon them to bring them in because they're they're massively heavy. I mean, and uh, he said, After this, we're taking a coffee break, okay? He was tired. I mean, it's a lot of work, you know. So anyway, and then from there, we went from Homer, Alaska. Uh, my four, my two brothers, my father and I, in our rented vehicle, we drove six and a half hours to uh, Anchorage. And in Anchorage, we took a ski plane. You know what a ski plane is? One of these little pontoon planes, like, you know, single prop engine, like 80 miles into the wilderness and landed on a river called the Yetna River. And Dad, before he got in the plane, he asked the man, he said, wait a second, how old is this aircraft? (laughs) True story, right? And the guy, what year did he say that plane was built? 1953. How many know that takes faith? So dad looked at me after the guy said, 1953, he said, you can ride in the front. (laughs) I said, praise God, I get to ride shotgun, you know. And we came in, it was so, so beautiful, you know, to get out there and to see God's creation snow peak mountains and you're flying this little plane and anyway the rivers were swollen and we went for salmon but that's a whole other kind of fishing right kyle what do what they use in alaska for salmon what kind of bait egg sack. egg sack so fish eggs right so yeah so then we started catching salmon and listen to this nobody was getting fish because the, the rivers were over swollen because it had rained for like ten straight days They looked like chocolate milk you know are you with me And then, show that picture of the salmon, will you? There's Jesse with a nice salmon. Isn't that beautiful? That was on a missions trip they went up to Nome. Show another one. You got another one? There you go. There's Frank Farina. Beautiful fish. There's Dad. Look at that smile. You wonder where I get my good looks from. Praise God. And my mom. Show another one. You got more? Praise God. There's Kyle. So, and in, in, in listen, listen, listen. So, can I say this to you this morning? This is my last point. Some fish only bite in certain seasons. Fishers of men. Church's mission is not to be swapping fish from aquariums, but it's to reach the lost. It's called harvest, amen? Yes. Praise God. And so, the season I believe we're in now, not the church, I hope, but in the world, is a season of fear. Go to Psalm chapter 91, so uh, this is where we'll spend the crux of our time from here on out. Can you say amen? Don't fall asleep, because if you fall asleep, I'm going to come shake you on your shoulder real hard and embarrass you in front of everybody, so you don't want to do that right now. Amen? Amen? You need to sleep, you need to sleep at your house, not in church. (laughs) Psalm 91 it's faith versus fear. Fear versus faith, which one will you choose? I'm trying to understand why so many churches are shutting down during this coronavirus. I understand we have to take precautionary measures but you will not see me preach with a mask on. I don't care if I'm the last man standing. I will not preach over this book, which is holy and active and alive in fear, but I will operate in faith. So, Psalm 91, let's look at the word. By the way, Hebrews 10.25 tells us forsake not yourselves the assembling of the brethren as we see the day of the Lord fastly approaching meaning that we should be in the house of God not all scattered all over the place and it's the devil's job to try to separate us and scatter us and to get us filled with anxiety fear worry and depression and stay away from the house of God that's the enemy's assignment by the way if you believe your Bible Steal, kill, and destroy. That's his assignment. Jesus said, "I came to give you a life, a life more abundantly, life to the fullest." Psalm ninety-one. Oh, I love this. I've been waiting to preach this all night long. By the way, I slept like a baby last night. I have not slept that good, and I can't even tell you. I always sleep decent, but you know, I slept so good I actually had to hit the snooze alarm this morning, which is rare for me. You just ask my wife. Was I out cold last night, huh? Yes. Praise God. Here's how we combat fear that the enemy puts at us. Are you ready? Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Can you say amen? Amen. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. Everybody say safety. safety. He is my God. I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease including the coronavirus every deadly disease he will rescue you he will protect you the word of god tells us very clearly this is what our confidence is in i just have to try to get my head around why so many people are so fearful when we claim to have a relationship with god yes use wisdom yes use common sense yes Wash your hands. Carry Purell. We've had Purell and hand sanitizers on these walls pretty much since we built the church. I mean, it's just common sense. Okay? Look at the word with me, Psalm 91. These are not my words, my dear loved ones. These are the words of God in His holy word, which is infallible. How many of you believe the word of God is true from Genesis to Revelation? Yes. Look at verse 4. He will cover you. Say, cover With his feathers, he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrow that flies by the day. An arrow today, a modern arrow would probably be CNN that comes across your television screen. You turn it on, and these little demons land on their airstrip called your living room, and it gets in your head and in your heart. And before you know it, there's no more word of God coming out, but it's, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? The sky is falling. Do not be afraid. How many believe these are the words of God? Amen. Amen. So let us continue on. I love it. Look at verse 6. Do not dread the disease. Do not dread the disease. Dread is a tool of the enemy. It's one of the most powerful tools of the enemy that I've ever seen. Trust me, I know what I say here. There are two tools that the enemy uses more on the body of Christ than any other. In fact, the rubber is wore off and the, and the metal is shiny because he's used it again and again. It's called dread, as it says right here. The other one is regret. If he can get you to regret something about your past, something that you've done in the past in the rearview mirror of life, he knows that he can stop you from being fruitful in the kingdom of God. The other one is dread. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid. Something's going to happen to me. Do not dread. Do not fear. Amen? So, do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. So it's not saying there aren't disasters. It's not saying there isn't arrows and terrors and all that stuff. He's just saying, don't dread them. Why? Because though a thousand may fall at your side, though 10,000 around you are dying, We're at like 59 right now, not 10,000. These evils will not touch you. Say, will not touch me. Say, they will not touch me. They will not touch my body. They will not touch my family. They will not touch my home. Because I am protected in the shadow of the Almighty God. Now, if you believe that, clap your hands and give God some praise. Look at verse 8 with me. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Just open your eyes and see how wicked, how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, see that's a big if, if you make the Lord your refuge. Not bad morning America. Do you think they know you? Do you think like if you turn that thing on in the morning that, that uh, I don't even know who's on there. Who's, who's the host on there? George Stephanopoulos. You think he knows your name? He doesn't know who you are. You th- but God does. That's right. Amen. And all the politics, you know, Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Biden, no- Joe knows you. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just try to shake his hand. You'll see what I mean. <laughs> Guess who knows my name? Jesus does. Right. He knows my name. Yep. Amen? Yeah. He knows my name. So if you make God, uh, the Lord, your refuge, and if you make the most high your shelter. I find shelter under his wings. Do you? Amen. I find shelter under his wings. How priceless is his unfailing love. Put the next verse up there. No evil will conquer you. Say no evil. No evil. Say this one out loud with me. No plague will come near your home. No plague will come near your home. Say it now like you believe it. No plague will come near my home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Amen? Wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord said, I will rescue you, those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. Amen. Hey, guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of you listening and tag us on your social. Thanks again for joining us. We love you. God loves you. And may God's richest blessing be yours.